You're listening to The Omni Show. Get to know the people and stories behind the Omni Group's award-winning productivity apps for Mac and iOS. Music. I'm your host, Brent Simmons. On the line with me today is Jason Atwood, one of the founders of Arcus, a Salesforce consulting partner. And we'll be talking about how he uses OmniFocus in his business. Uh, say hello, Jason. Hello, Jason. So, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. yeah new decade, even. This is going to be the decade of OmniFocus, I think. What do you think? You think so? I yeah. was going to say, last decade, they did. it was pretty much my decade of OmniFocus. So, <laughs> this one could be the second decade of OmniFocus. The second, even bigger and better. Yes, right. Yeah. So, tell me about Arcus. What do you do? I don't know that much about Salesforce, I have to confess. Um, I haven't been in the enterprise side of things all that much. So, Sure. So Arcus is a Salesforce consulting partner. As you said, we specialize in implementing Salesforce, Salesforce being a, a CRM, customer relationship management software. When we started with it so many years ago, we actually had to explain what Salesforce was. Now, pretty much everybody knows it's the number one sales, you know, cloud computing uh, CRM on the planet. And it, and really, organizations of all types use it to to track their customers, to track their sales, to track their marketing activities, and or even on the nonprofit side to track their donors, their, their board members, sort of any constituents. So really, for tracking all things, big big database in the cloud, I guess. But that's oversimplifying it. So we started Arcus uh, 10 years ago as a way to get, you know, out of working from a big, big, big company to uh, helping organizations implement Salesforce. And that's what we do. And that includes, you, you do work for nonprofits as well? Yeah, over half of our business now is is with nonprofits. It's a strange mm-hmm. mix. People always say, "Why do you why do you do both?" The other two partners of mine, one came from a nonprofit world, so mm. we uh, when we started Arcus is one of the big sort of areas we went into, and over the years has actually just grown bigger and bigger, a bigger part of what we do. So we work with, yeah, I think it's about over fifty percent of our business now is with nonprofits. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yep. So obviously Salesforce provides a whole lot. What are the opportunities then for a company like Arcus? Like, is there some kind of customization or coding or, or where, where do you step in? Yeah, absolutely. So Salesforce is, is a very big and complex universe uh, for everything from licensing to setup to training to getting people up and running using their analytics package. It's, you know, in a lot of ways it is set to be a very simple piece of software, but when you're, you're an organization rolling this out, right, replacing your CRM system, replacing your donor management system, moving from dynamics, or you're a company who never had, or has been using spreadsheets for, for five or 10 years, or I've worked with companies of been using spreadsheets for hundreds of years or, or you know, 50, 60 years. Um, you know, that's not, that, that kind of change is not easy. And so it's kind of difficult to do it yourself. And Salesforce as a company is, is they're a licensing company. They sell licenses and they don't, they actually got out of the world of providing services. They realized they couldn't scale and become as big as they wanted to become if they were the only people implementing it. So they built a big, a huge partner program with, you know, thousands and thousands of partners. I mean, everything from the biggest of bigs, you know, the Deloitte's and the IBM's down to tiny little one person shops with us somewhere in in the lower middle part of that. 
and we help we help organizations implement it. So what we would say is it's a nice little triangle: Salesforce sells licenses, uh, and we implement it for them, and we work with the client to do that, and we kind of work in a tandem there. Mm, okay, there's an awful lot of client specific needs, and you're figuring out how. Salesforce can um, meet those needs and then getting it all set up and getting them trained, I suppose. Even. Yeah. I mean, it's everything from you know, migrating their data. Uh, it could be from just gathering the requirements of what they want to do with the system. It is a lot of customization. So, you know, Salesforce out of the box is a very malleable piece of software. You can change it to do anything. Uh, so you are adding in new ways or, you know, new records or new uh, new look and feel that you want just for this type of organization. So it really comes as sort of a platform and then you build on top of the platform. You build up what they need to do, what the customer needs to do with it. So our job is to come in, work with them, figure out what they want to do, and then kind of take them through that journey. Sometimes it's, you know, getting 10 people at a nonprofit into doing donation tracking. Okay. Other times it's taking a bank uh, with 300 different users across five different groups from marketing to business development to the CEO and training them up uh, and implementing the software, integrating with a backend database, let's say for uh, transactions or something like that. So it can be, <laughs> it can be a lot. And we've done, I think over 1200 projects at this time. Wow. So we've, we've seen every different type of, every different kind of implementation. So with this kind of work, it's obvious that you can't drop the ball anywhere. Number one. And number two there are a whole lot of details to keep track of. Did you always use OmniFocus for managing this stuff or how did you come to that? Yeah, so, well, my history with OmniFocus is actually longer than my history with Arcus. So I I was a I was a kinkless GTD user. I, mm. I actually was listening to your podcast with John Gruber and, and he brought, you guys brought that up. And I was sure. like, wait, that, you should have waited for my, <laughs> my intro. <laughs> I got into GTD about 14 years ago and, kicked around a couple of different pieces of software from Palm Pilot to Paper. And I'm a Mac user and I was looking for something that kind of could do it better. And I think I stumbled into some forum or something, you know, back in the day mm. where someone's like, oh, you can use this Omni Outliner thing and you get this Kinkos GTD template and then it turns into this great way of tracking GTD. So, was, you know, of course, new tool, shiny and fun. So I went oh, right yeah. after it, downloaded it, got into the forums, saw how you did it. And really was using that for as long until, you know, until the OmniFocus beta came out. And then, of course, I was immediately on the beta and I kind of haven't looked back. Uh, I've been using OmniFocus in every one of its iterations, I think, pretty much every release and sometimes every pre-release as well. Mm -hmm. Wow! So when it was a natural thing for us, when we moved to when the two other partners were both GTD practitioners, when we moved to starting Arcus, it was like, well, we, that's just one of the tools we use. So it made sense to just keep using that tool. So what's a typical day like for one of your employees? Yeah, everybody at Arcus, you know, generally is in implementing Salesforce for their clients. They're working with probably five to eight different clients at a time, which is pretty demanding. We're mm -hmm. a little bit different in consulting. We don't send in a team of people to one client for a long period of time. Uh, everybody works very remotely and they work collaboratively with the client, but they work with many clients at the same time. So they might be running, again, five to eight different projects with two different nonprofits and a, and a financial services firm and you know, doing a lot of different things. So keeping track of everything they need to do is really important. And I can say 
everything they do on a daily basis could be very spread out. So I could be doing a kickoff for a client on Monday morning. I could be doing a wrap up of a training on Thursday afternoon. I could be doing configuration of Salesforce uh, and then showing it to the client all Wednesday. But basically it's, it's jumping around between a lot of different projects and keeping all the things in the air and making sure that every, I like to say for all the clients, they don't know that we're working with other clients. They always think that they're working just with us. Mm. So I, you know, it's keeping them happy and thinking that we're their only person they're working with. That's great. If you can keep them with that feeling, then yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So at some point you made the decision to buy OmniFocus for all your employees and train them in that. How did that decision come to be? Like I said, when we started Arcus, the, the three of us were all OmniFocus users. So that was just very natural. Okay, great. Uh, and then we brought on our first intern and, you know, as any first company would do, and we had an intern and then that intern turned into our employee. And of course we said, well, we think you should probably read GTD because we think it'll be helpful. We think you'll, you know, it'll help you in doing this work. So he read GTD and he comes back and says, okay, what tool should I use? And I said, well, you could use, you could use this tool, OmniFocus. It's, it's good. We like it, but we didn't sort of make it part of the, the, you know, sort of the corporate standard, I guess. Uh, so he used a bunch of different tools and I think he landed on one at some point and then we hired, you know, two more people. And, and eventually we started to figure out that like any system, like, uh, like a mail system or like a CRM system, it's kind of easier to have everybody use the same tool. So since the whole company is a GTD practitioner, Everybody comes into, into Arcus and as part of the onboarding process, they, they read the book, they go through training on it. Um, we think it's just natural to give them a tool to, to practice their GTD, a trusted system. And we see OmniFocus as the best and the best of the breed of doing that. So it's just very natural to give them that tool. Uh, and so we just, that's where it kind of went from. And so for one point it was sort of an optional thing and then eventually turned into a, you get, you get a computer, you get, you get a software Mm -hmm. license to Salesforce Mm -hmm. and you get your OmniFocus. Are there any um, particular features in OmniFocus that, that make you prefer it? For instance, uh, do your employees use a lot of custom perspectives um, or is it just kind of the, the whole thing together just has the right mix of what you guys need? Well, I, I think there's a couple of things that as a, as a GTD practitioner and as someone who's you know, been doing this for a long time that I think there's a couple of things that you want to have in your software. And actually I, when I go talk to other people about productivity and I help them with it, you know, I say, look for these things in the tool you pick, right? Mm-hmm. The first one I think is, is the ability to ubiquitously capture things, right? If you create cruft, if you create a, a barrier to capture things, then you're not going to capture them. So you, you want to make sure that it's easy to do so. So actually having, uh, having OmniFocus on, on the OS, right? live on, on my Mac or on my, on my iPhone and be able to easily key command, boom, boom, you know, open up a capture window, I think is, is actually so important. And I think where a lot of these web systems and web-based ones really kind of miss the mark. Cause if I have to flip over to a, to Chrome and then go to another tab to then capture my task, I'm going to be, I might not do it, but if I can hit two key commands and have it be present right there. So, and, and capture it, you know, I, I'll do it more often. So that was for me, that's like one of the main, main ones that I 
I always point to as a massive, massive feeling or a massive, uh, great feature. And then obviously, you know, obviously things like perspectives, the ability to narrow in and show just what I need to show at certain times is awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have a perspective for one of my employees. Uh, I, I don't say who it is, although that employee knows who it is. And it's a key cam, a key command away. It's a, you know, shift command and then their first initial. And then up comes all my waiting for is from that employee. That employee is doing a lot of work, lots of different things. We're involved in tons and tons, but it allows me to zoom in on just what I need from that person at one time. And so that ability to like build your custom per- perspectives and get them to, to really fit your life, it's, it's again, super helpful. So those two. And then lastly, and I know, cause again, I was back in the day, you know, following Merlin Mann and his journey, knowing he came out to Omni Group, met with you guys, you know, there's stuff that's built in that's very uh, sort of high-end GTD. The, the concept of reviewing a project and setting up a cadence to review that project is extremely powerful, right? The ability to say, I want to review, I want to put this project on hold, right? But I want it to come up back into my life every X, maybe every two months, every six months or every year. So I can set the cadence of how I want that to come back to me kind of takes over huge parts of GTD, like the someday maybe list, and it doesn't have to come back to you every single week because I don't need to review my 50th birthday party every single week. That's not for a couple of years, but maybe once every six months, it should pop up in my view and go, hey, you're, you're <laughs> it's another six months. How, how's right. your thoughts on your 50th birthday party coming? Mm-hmm. How are your thoughts on your 50th birthday coming? <laughs> <laughs> well, every time I talk about it, they do come a little bit closer. So uh, it's, it's, let's see, it's six, six, six reviews away, I think. Okay. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to Vegas or what's, what's the plan? You know what? The, the project has not been activated, so I'm not really sure. It's somewhere <laughs> okay. between a big party and a cruise or a, I don't know. Uh, we'll, it's one we'll, of it's one of those birthdays where it's easy to go because I've had mine. It's easy to go back and forth on what you want. Let's do something huge. No, let's pretend it didn't even happen at all. <laughs> I, I'm definitely more on the huge than the didn't, didn't pretend. Yeah. I, I will like to do something that would be fun. Cool. What, what's your training program like on um, getting people up to speed with OmniFocus? Do you have in-house stuff done, tutors? How does that all work? So it's interesting. We because we're a company that trains people a lot and we, you know, and every project that we roll out for Salesforce, for every type of organization, we always include training. And so training and education as part of just is a, is a core belief at Arcus. We believe it's really important. So when we kind of started to build our program of, well, how do we get people on board? How do we get people, you know, to learn GTD or to use this software, whether it's Salesforce or whether it's Google or whether it's OmniFocus, we wanted to build that in to sort of the whole, pro, you know, the whole uh, onboarding process. So we actually have a training program called the Arcus Bootcamp. Uh, it's ABC. ABC, the you learn the ABCs. Yeah, that's right. Or it's as easy as ABC, which is actually <laughs> a 90 uh, day program <laughs> that has uh, h- hundreds of items that need to be done. Everything from like setting up your email to downloading and installing OmniFocus to getting your license um, to getting it syncing. Like, so we have lots of different pieces that we put in there. And so the onboarding piece has a lot about it. There is everything from 
um, meeting one-on-one with somebody and going over their OmniFocus with them, which I find is really something that is extremely helpful. Getting someone to see how they do it. How do you organize your folders? Do you do it this way? Do you do it by your work? Do you do it by your personal? And so we have that as part of it. There's also, we have recorded lots of our internal workshops that we do where maybe we'll do a question and answer. I did one just last month where I said it was like the holiday OmniFocus and GTD workshop where just internally we just open up a go-to meeting and people come on and just ask questions, give away tips, like how do you do this? How do you do that? Um, So we build that in as well. And then we also have a lot of shadowing. So uh, one of the things we like to do is have people shadow other people and when they're doing things. So we build that into the process as well. Like one one of the sets of tasks is to sit with three people and go over their weekly review with them. How do you do your weekly review? Where do you do it? You know, and, and kind of just go through that process. So that builds both into, you know, OmniFocus and also the bigger, you know, the GTD methodology that we're teaching. Cool. So it sounds like there's continuing education and improvement for everybody. It's not just training and onboarding, but it's a continuous thing with workshops and so on. Yeah. One of our, because we're, you know, we're a remote company, so we have collaboration software and one of the tools that we started using a couple of years ago, this little thing called Slack, which now is, I feel like it's everywhere, but uh, (laughs) yes, it is everywhere. So we created a Slack channel for it, right? Where we share tips and tricks on productivity and OmniFocus. In fact, I post probably something once a week where I'll, and in fact, I posted something the other day. I was like, Hey guys, you know, this little button on iOS that you can click to make a task into a project. Isn't that cool? Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's a lot. The software is very powerful, but it has a lot of features that you got to, you know, dig in to figure out. And so just constant reminders, constantly showing people how to do stuff, giving them tips, screenshots and stuff like that. We, we realize it's not just one thing. You can't just read a book and figure it out. You can't just read a pamphlet or, or a guide or, and, and be done. We also include things like podcasts, like, We've recorded lots of, of our own sort of podcasts and stuff, and we put those on the list of things for people to to listen to as part of their onboarding. Like internal company-only podcasts? Uh, ex- external podcasts. Oh, okay. uh, but we do like a whole series every uh, – we do a podcast that's about – about Salesforce and the Salesforce ecosystem and news, Mm -hmm. but my co-host and I have been doing it since 2010. And so one, one summer, I think three summers ago, he said, you know what we should do? You know, instead of like having, because we were recording weekly at the time, he said, instead of doing it for the whole summer, why don't we record like five of them in one day in June and then just spread them out Uh, (laughs) throughout the summer. But everything we do is very news based. It's like, hey, what did Salesforce do or what's new coming out in Salesforce? So it was hard. So he said, well, why don't we do a whole series on GTD? Mm -hmm. And so every summer now for the last three summers, we did a, you know, sort of a whole GTD because it's it's not time based. And then we release it over the summer. so we don't have to podcast for the whole summer. So, oh, we can take nice. the summer, so we can take the summer off. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's a long day though. I mean, I've done multiple episodes of the Omni show in a day and that's enough to tire me out. And, and yeah. our episodes aren't that long either, but five. Wow. Yeah. I think we did six in one day. That was six. the most we ever did. And Jeez. I will tell you by the last one you are. And then of course we're always, pre- we're pretending that it's a day or not a day. We're like, so it's August. How, how yeah. was your summer? Right. <laughs> we're doing it in June, you know? Uh-huh. Right. Um, but it was nice to do it on something else. In fact, this last summer we did a whole episode called why OmniFocus, which we went through all of our reasons and why we pick it. And so uh, nice, nice marketing material. Yeah. Oh, that's great. 
So people in your company mostly use their Mac app. I imagine most people are, are in front of computers most of the time or got a lot of iOS users. Um, yeah. So we're a Mac shop. Mm-hmm. Again, that's where sort of you go with what you know. So everybody has MacBook Pros and then everybody gets a phone from the company because, again, we're very remote. And so just to have a phone that you can use. And so we everybody gets an iPhone. And so we give people both licenses of OmniFocus Pro for the Mac and for the iOS. So my guess is most everybody is using both. Again, mm-hmm. it would be, be shocking to me if people weren't at least using the high, high adoption of the desktop. But then the iOS, you know, as I show it and I train people, like this is the capture tool, right? Say something to your phone, say something to your watch, and it gets pulled in, sweeped in. This is the ultimate ubiquitous capture tool. Yeah. So uh, when people really start to get it and they get that syncing, you know, that ability to have everything just kind of sync within the cloud and come back to the other side of it, it really is a powerful message. I'm curious, uh, do you guys run your own syncing server? No, we use yours. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You know, yeah, our pleasure. Absolutely. I mean, it's encrypted. It's, you know, it's it's wonderful. But there are some organizations that, for whatever reason, prefer to run their own, which I'm glad we offer that ability. Yeah. The reason we actually use yours, and it was a thought, we talked, we thought about it, is that I really think the adoption of GTD it hits a different level when it steps outside of the work, right? I think someone who uses OmniFocus and GTD at, at Arcus uses it for all the Arcus stuff. Okay, mm. they're, they're kind of like semi-adopting it. It's when people start to use it for their other stuff, their other things in their life, their other internal and external commitments that... I know that that's when they've really fully adopted it because, mm-hmm. you know, your mind doesn't know you're at work and all this sort of stuff. So one of the reasons we leave the sync on the sort of in your side, and we actually tell them to sign up with their own email address is because they should take it with them, right? If they go away from Arcus, I mean, I hope nobody goes, but if they were to move on and to retire in 50 years, let's say, mm-hmm. they could then just go buy their own version of OmniFocus and sync back up and away to go. They haven't lost anything. They could delete their Arcus folder if they wanted to, but they would have all their stuff. So that's one of the reasons we like to keep it kind of away from our stuff. It's because we really think of OmniFocus as it's their personal tool. I can't see it. I can't go into it. I don't know what's in it. It's your tool to manage your stuff. That's super enlightened. I like that. Yeah. And I think you're right. If, if it encourages adoption of the kind of the GTD lifestyle, that probably also just benefits the work too. I mean, there's certainly stuff I would not put into OmniFocus if I thought that the company that I used to work for could read it. Right. <laughs> I, would, yeah. I would not put it in there. Yeah. Uh, update resume, uh, <laughs> find new job, <laughs> <laughs> yell at boss. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a reason we like to use end-to-end encryption these days. Yeah, absolutely. So no matter where it's stored, hopefully just the person whose OmniFocus it is can see it. So. So what am I not asking you about OmniFocus that I should be asking? The thing that kind of makes us a little unique is, is some of the things I've talked about is that it is a corporate tool and that we take it as just like giving, you know, I'm sure there at the Omni group, you get an email client, right? They say, here's your email. You're going to use this email. They probably don't say, well, you could use Hotmail and you can use Gmail and you can use our corporate one and you over there, you can not use email, right? Mm. Some things we just take as part of it. And I think that's, it's pretty unique to what I've seen is that we've just said, hey, this is the best of breed productivity tool. And because I want the, I want our, our, you know, you know, our 
people at Arcus to be, to be able to satisfy their clients, to be able, on top of it and to be extremely good at what they do. I want to give them the best tool. And so we just see this as the best tool and that's why we give it to them. And that's why we train them on it and don't leave that up to, it feels like every other organization on the planet allows everybody else just to pick your productivity tool. Oh, you want to use Outlook for tasks. You want to use Google keep, you want to use Evernote. Well, that seems as messed up as giving everybody their own email server, right? So I think that's it's what's kind of unique. And I think it's actually made the adoption and the use of it much easier because everybody is using the same thing. We can all talk the same language. We can all talk perspectives. We can talk, you know, how to set this setting up as opposed to, you know, sort of having different tools for everything. For us, I think that's the winning piece. And what's the most interesting that's come of it, and maybe the... And not the secret sauce, because I'm saying it aloud, <laughs> but the... the It's just sauce. <laughs> it's just sauce at this point, right? Yeah. It's a recipe on the internet. <laughs> Is that clients notice. I've had more than one client come to me and say, how is it you guys are kind of so good. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And she's, and they're like, well, how do you like organize your stuff? And how do you do stuff? It seems like everybody is so kind of on top of things. And then I say, well, we use these things. We use these tools and we train them on it. And everybody has this methodology and we have this great tool. And it's interesting because in the last couple of years, it's become more and more people asking us not just how to use Salesforce, but also how do we do this other stuff? How do we become good at those other things? And that's kind of been an interesting, maybe an interesting change in what we do. Well, that must be a great feeling to have your clients come to you and say, how are you so good? I love that. (laughs) Yes. How are you so bad is not the one you want to hear. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. But, you know, I see the point there that this kind of software in this kind of environment is just as critical as, as your mail provider or what people use for chat or, or, you know, all these different things. This belongs on, on that same level of care and standardization. Yep. So I heard you ran a company in Africa. <laughs> oh, yeah. So somewhere in my bio, deep on my LinkedIn, having nothing to do with GTD or OmniFocus, mm. although I wish, I wish I had those tools at that point. <laughs> I graduated from college and my mother had owned and lived in Africa for about 10 years and owned a company over there that made handmade carpets and something had gone wrong in the sale of that company. And she had left the country and sold the company away to somebody else. And it was one of those, you can pay me later for it. Like as you make money, because we're never talking about some massive industry, but the person never paid. Uh-huh. Say. And so a year later, I was heading into my senior year at, at college and she said, hey, would you be interested in like going back to Africa, taking over the company and because, you know, the person had paid for it and running it and as an experience or as a life thing or, hey, if you can do something with it, you know, go for it. So I took her up on it and I graduated from college and six days later I was on a plane to Kenya and I had probably one of the most mind blowing years of my life running a company at uh, 20 something employees. I got an ulcer. I wrote a big business plan before I went of which absolutely was totally just wrong. Like all my assumptions were terrible, but it was an incredible experience. And I look back on it as sort of something that has given me a lot of courage going forward. So it was a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. Cause you're, you're jumping into the deep end of being responsible for an entire company and you're in Kenya. That's, that's a lot. It was a lot. I was thinking about it today, maybe thinking you'd ask this question. And I was like, what was the fun thing or the most, oh, 
first I didn't have any money, so, but I wanted to do advertising because I had learned to do advertising in college, of course, you know, business degree. So mm -hmm. you got to do advertising. So there was a little in the local paper called the Karen Chronicle. I don't, I mean, their distribution was probably nothing and it maybe came out once a week or something um, out of someone's back garage. And so I went to them and I said, Hey, I will write, and this is back, uh, we're talking 90, what, 95. So, you know, computers and the internet, not big over here, certainly not big over there. Right. And so I said, I'll write articles for you about buying your first computer and what is the internet and all this stuff. If you'll give me ad space for the carpet company. <laughs> and so we made that deal and I still have like copies of the old articles I wrote. Oh, that's awesome. A lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's business. You got to sometimes you got to be scrappy. That's right. Figure it out. Barter, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah. I, have you been back to Africa since? I've been back a couple times since. I haven't been back like in the last, again, this was many, many years ago, but I haven't been back recently, recently, yeah. like in the last 10, 15 years. But it's definitely on my list. My now 14-year-old daughter and my wife, they hear about my adventures in Africa a lot and they've never been. So a part oh. of me really wants to bring them back and show them why I have all this crazy stuff in the house and all these pictures. And uh, so there's there's a trip in the future to go back. Oh, that sounds like a great family trip. Yeah. It, it will be something. Yeah, cool. <laughs> well, maybe that's your 50th birthday right there. You know what? I think you just put the next action on that project. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Jason. How can people find you on the web? You can find me along with the other millions of people on the big Twitter mm. at Jason M. Atwood. If you want to read the blogs or see all the other stuff we do at Arcus, you can go to ArcusInc.com. That's A-R-K-U-S-I-N-C.com. Cool. And uh, those will be links in the show notes, of course, so people can tap with their fingers or click with their mouses. Awesome. I'd also like to thank our intrepid producer, Mark Bosco. Say hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. And especially, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you. Mew. Sick. Mew.